Hey guys, thought I'd do a podcast update. It's been um, maybe another week since the last podcast, and you know things things on paper are looking really good, really smooth. Um, you know, I struggled with a like it's a really simple session last week. It was a fart like it was one minute, two minute, three minute, four minute, five minute, and then back down four, three, two, one, and you just take sixty seconds the whole way. Um, you know, but if you've never been to altitude and you've never ran in a place called Buffalo Park, it's hard to kind of comprehend how such a simple session can, you know, if I put it this way, to almost translate it, if I did the same session at the same paces in the likes of Victoria Park or Bushy Park or the Phoenix Park, if I, if I did the same paces in either of what I just said, it would be, it would probably be a joke how easy it would feel. But doing it around Buffalo Park at 7,000 feet, and, and you know, it can be, it was super, super windy last week, and, and there's rolling hills, and the like, the dirt gets soft, and it gets gravelly, and it's a fucking nightmare. But it's a really good session, because um, for uh, for the way... I'm probably, and what I'm going to say is the way I'm aerobically built and then my anaerobic system, um, it takes it, it takes me a while to get comfortable working at anaerobic efforts. So if I'm doing longer reps um, with like, like marathon effort or half marathon effort, I get into a really nice rhythm, a really nice groove, doing a short, fast, snappier, harder, fartlek like like last week and then obviously today, which I'll go on to talk about. Um it, it just puts me in trouble quite early. And so I, I kinda charge off in the minute rep and I realize that I'm in trouble already, having gone up a bit of a hill and you hit what's called oxygen dead and oxygen dead is essentially when your heart rate and speed uh, do explain it in its most simplest term. Your heart rate and speed don't add up. So there's a debt because you, you're, not, you're not pushing enough oxygen around the body because your heart isn't beating fast enough. So that's why a good warm-up is really essential because that can help avoid oxygen debt. Um, and that means sometimes doing some long strides at the end of a warm-up, 30, 40 seconds. Some people have even done three to four minutes at a pretty solid effort just to bring the heart rate up to avoid that kind of oxygen debt, but basically it takes me a little while sometimes to A, get used to the effort during the session, and then B, as the weeks go on, I get slightly better at handling those kind of efforts, and so today I was actually really lucky to have Andrew Butchard and Charlie Grice for some company, um, and and they are completely different, I suppose, animals to what I am you know Charlie runs 330 for 1500 Butchie runs I want to say 1306 or 1308 for the five kilometer he's a world and Olympic finalist you're looking at sixth place in the Olympics eighth place in the world champs so Butchie can charge off pretty aggressively and like I just told you that is not my skill at all even though even though I'm quite fast, if I'm doing a 100-meter rep or a 200-meter rep, I'm quite fast. Um, but 
it's 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 kind of confusing, but yeah, I kind of struggle. So first couple of reps today, better than last week when I was by myself, but I kind of struggled a little bit to get going. And then by about rep three, I was able to sort of catch back up with Butchie and Charlie. And then I actually had a really good session after that. Like I was um, a lot stronger than what I was the week before, a lot faster than what I was the week before. I think we did eight eight point six miles and we averaged in the five thirties. Um and like that was that was actually very that's very impressive for around Buffalo. If you're averaging in like bear in mind, if anyone you know checks out Strava, you're gonna see that our recoveries it was thirty seconds after the two minute rep. We did ten lots of two minute, one minute. So you did a two minute rep, thirty seconds recovery, one minute rep. And because it was undulating hills, you know, you might have found that your whole two minute rep was uphill, for example, and then you only had 30 seconds recovery. And then you were trying to do a minute rep a bit harder if you could. And then you had 90 seconds recovery. And then you repeated that 10 times. Um, but you'll see from our recoveries, it was really slow. So anybody who um, trains for marathons might have done like the likes of K, K at marathon pace k float we're we're not floating the recoveries today so to to have averaged 530 odds was actually pretty impressive and that's when you're when you're looking over people's training and and you see a fartlek um and you know maybe they've averaged pretty fast but if they're running if they're running their rep at let's say for for argument's sake 530 pace and then they're running their recovery at six minute pace there's not really that big a difference. And so sometimes it's not, a, it's not as impressive as it looks. Um, whereas I guess the purpose, I think, and, and I'm going to go on to say here, I think I got caught in a trap and don't get caught in this trap. If you're a marathon runner, don't think that you always have to train like a marathon runner. And so the point of today, and, and I actually, it made it harder for me because I did some fartlek with Andrew Bouchard, for example, last year in Font Rameau, and I played the fartlek to my strengths. So I made the reps a little bit slower, and then I pushed the recoveries. And of course, I was able to, you know, make Andrew work pretty hard on those recoveries. But then if he wanted to, he could have, you know, charged away in the reps. But because I was keeping the recoveries pretty close to the rep pace, you know, you can almost make an athlete quite tired. But I think sometimes you can fall in a trap of trying to make if you, if you're a marathon runner or you've defined yourself as a marathon runner or you've penciled yourself in for a future marathon sometimes you try to make everything marathon-esque and you move away from today was just a bog standard simple fartlek session and I had to remind myself a few times it's okay to be really out of breath trust your body, it'll keep going, you know, try to find some form of comfort in like the, you know, the breathing heavy, the the feeling tired, the legs are tired, try to find comfort in the hardness basically is what I would say. Um, but it was really good. But the reason I wanted to jump on a podcast today is that I've actually been struggling a little bit psychologically and I, I don't really know why as such. And I, I was almost going to tweet, but I don't think I would have enough um, characters in a tweet. So I thought podcasts would be better. But some athletes struggle with like physical injuries, 
you know, some struggle with motivation, which, you know, if you struggle with motivation, I think it's a psychological. And I'm, I'm going to use the word injury, but, you know, it's clearly not an injury, but it's certainly something psychologically going on. Um, and for whatever reason, this past 10 days, I've just, I've just found the running hard work. And like, you know, for example, on Sunday, I had a really great long run. And um, I think we did 17 miles. And the first eight and a half was about 620 per mile. And again, this is at, you know, seven and a half thousand feet. Um, we were up at a place called 222, which is a bit higher than Flagstaff. Um, and then I ran the last eight and a half miles with um, Butchie was able to, you know, hang in there for most of it. And a guy called Bia, who's just ran, I think, 13.17 and um, will probably run 27.30 for 10K in the next couple of weeks. You know, very, very fit athlete. Um, And so I had a great long run. I think the last eight and a half miles was at 5.40 pace. But, you know, it looks really good on paper. Had I uploaded it on Strava, it would have looked really good on Strava. But I've actually been using a Timex for a lot of stuff I've been doing. And then I just was able to ask B at the end, like, how did we get on or whatever? And I think at halfway I asked, I think at halfway we were three minutes down on six minute mile average. And then by the end we had averaged six minute mile. And so of course the maths was pretty easy to see that we had averaged 540 on the way back. But look, more of what I'm trying to say is two miles. Oh yeah, I was explaining that I'm using a Timex and I absolutely love it. No GPS, no heart rate. Um, Heart rate's really starting to fucking piss me off because it's just so interchangeable i used to love heart rate i mean i loved it i did everything to heart rate and i really thought there was like power in that and i thought there was like science behind it and all these sort of things but the more i've used the lactometer and heart rate and sea level and altitude it's a fucking disaster. It's all over the place. Some days, some days it's hard to get the heart rate up. Some days it's hard to keep the heart rate down. Um, some days you run a 160 heart rate and that should be tempo, but then you check your lactate and it's way above tempo. Oh, it's all over the place. And so the Timex is such a relief. I would advise everybody twice a week to put on a fucking Timex or just don't wear a watch at all and just listen to your body i've actually ended up probably running faster but just paid attention to my body how am i feeling how is this is this a good you know i said to Hass the other day we did a run on monday and i guessed that we had ran a 638 mile and we had actually ran a 608 and and i was like whoa fuck me um and it just shows you like and i actually think i'm pretty good at predicting and stuff but Timex has been an absolute legend. I'm really enjoying that. But back to the motivation thing. Uh, some people have physical problems and get injured and then can't train, and that really beats them up. Um, I, I just think I struggle sometimes with psychological issues. Um, I, I, there's no secret there. You know, I'm on antidepressant medication. It's not so much for depression. It's more, I think, to help encourage some happiness because I literally struggle to secrete serotonin, which, sorry, to release serotonin in my body. My body, so I joke with Butchie and Katie in the house, you know, like, what's your happiness in a scale of one to 10? And they're like 10, and I'm like, how? <laughs> like, how can it be like 10 all the time? <laughs> like, and, and I'm like a six. <laughs> and, and I don't even understand why I'm a six, I guess, but it's whatever. Anyway, 
I struggle with psychology. Um, and the last 10 days has been tough. And, you know, last Friday I struggled on the track. I, it could have been hay fever. It could be fitness. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I don't really care what it was. You know, I, I, I sort of put it down. As my breathing was particularly bad. And it wasn't throat related. It was, you know, I, my hay fever. I actually just heard that an athlete, um, an American athlete, a very, very good one, has decided not to come up to Flagstaff because of pollen and hay fever and you know I feel his pain it seems after every session I do a sneeze about a million times anyway I was struggling last week in that session you know I got like I did I did like 10 800s and then I did like six 400s and then I did some 200s and it was supposed to be 12 800s and they were supposed to be a bit quicker and honestly after like two reps like I, I genuinely got to a place where I just wanted to go home. Like, I, I think I really miss home in general. And I never, ever say that. I never, ever miss home. And I'm normally so headstrong and, and normally so tough and all these things. And, and I, I, I really think I'm missing home a little bit. And I, I have planned a little visit home, which I think is going to be great. Great for me. Great for my family. Um, but also, I've, I've been, like, struggling a little bit. And my brain's kind of been saying things like, you know, how much effort is it going to take to run quicker than 209? Is it worth it? You know, like these guys are running 202, 201. They're so good. And normally when my brain's being particularly negative like that, I'm, I'm about to get tired. I'm about to get a bit like a bit of a cold or a bit of an illness. But no illness or no cold has came. And it's really weird. Like I, I don't I don't buy into it too much. But I was like. Can you, you can imagine this morning I show up, um, I, I just had a chat with Haas actually about it on Saturday and then two mile into the long run on Sunday. My legs were absolutely fucked from the bike ride the day before. I was tired, it was uphill and I, I honestly just wanted to jog back to the truck but I knew if I jogged back to the truck that would be it. I knew I would just, like if I give up like that, I pride myself on never giving up and if I give up like that and went back to the truck, that could be it for me. Honestly, it's it's strange. It's a strange, strange feeling. Um, and so, of course, I persisted. And then I got to like mile eight and I was like, fuck me. I feel absolutely awesome. This is great. Um, and then today, you can imagine, you know, two reps in and, and Charlie and Butchie are 10, 15 meters ahead of me. And I'm thinking, wow, like, God, this could be another tough morning. And like I said, I think they just got out of the blocks a bit quicker than I did and, and actually towards the end it was me was the one pushing the pace and sort of creating gaps and stuff but honestly after two reps today it was that same feeling I wanted to go back to the truck and just feel sorry for myself a little bit but the reason I did this podcast is to let you know that that's okay it's you don't need to dive too deep into it you don't need to analyze it too much you just need to you just need to remind yourself of free will. That's what I do. It's free will. Yes, I have a contract. Yes, Ireland support me. Yes, Northern Ireland support me. But at the end of the day, it's free will. No one, no one's making you do it. And so if you want to go back to the truck, you can. But you have to answer to yourself. If you want to, sometimes all, it, all, the, all you have to do Basically, and I'll tell you my secret, going into rep three, I just said, look, it's fine. If, you know, if, 
if they drop you a little bit, that's fine. And so what I did was I psychologically decided all you need to worry about, Stephen, is how you're carrying your shoulders. Are your arms relaxed? Relaxed. I've been doing a lot of stretching, a lot of yoga, trying to open up my hips a bit more and get a bit of symmetry going. And so I was like, hey, you know, focus on that technique. Focus on how your body's moving. And that's all I did. And then actually by the end of rep three, I had caught up. And I was the one now kind of pushing the pace that little bit, you know, not racing anything like that. But now all of a sudden I was the one driving the rep on. And then the rest of the session went really well. And so sometimes we get a bit caught up in pressure that we put on ourselves, pressure that other people put on us. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe it's a group setup that you have. And you just have to understand that you're, you're free to do whatever you want. You know, if you're the person that normally leads the session and it has started to get a bit tough and you're, you've been struggling a bit with training and you're nervous to go to the session in case you can't keep up, just take that burden off your shoulders and just understand that you're free. And it's, it's much better to go to the session, slot in the group, even go at the very back. That's far better than sitting in your house and doing nothing. And so that's all I kind of have realized that like, no one's making me do this and I do really enjoy it and I don't really know where some of this negativity has come from and I don't I'm not really going to buy into it too much or or analyze it too much or the other word would be feed it too much I'm not going to like sit around and be negative all day um, and actually I'm just going to focus on the things that are helping me relax which is stretching and and yoga and and spending time with you know Butchie and Katie and Haas and and, and you know the guys in the house because these are the times that you, you need that sort of support. But look, it's it's very, bear in mind, I'm a contracted athlete. I get paid to run. I'm supported by my country. I have an Olympic Games coming up. If I, if I can feel negative and my psychology can fuck with me and make me think, you know, you know, if, if, if during part of a session I'm thinking, oh, I, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if running's worth it. Maybe I want to retire. Nonsense like this. And it's not understand it's not always real it's not always real thoughts feelings etc etc sometimes you are just a bit tired it is week three at altitude we have been fucking hammering these sunday long runs and stuff like that and sometimes it is just hard work and the brain naturally likes to run away from hard work you know the brain is really a quite soft and sometimes you just have to welcome it or sometimes you have to remind yourself that yes it's hard work but haven't I responded to that hard work every time? Every time a hard challenge been thrown my way, I've I've hit it head first and I've got stuck into it. So look, it's perfectly okay to be negative. It's perfectly okay to have feelings or symptoms or ideas that you're going to give up and, and you might not get through a certain session. But my absolute best advice is to hang in there. Don't give up. Slow down finish what you're doing, go home, and don't overanalyze it. Don't read into it too much. Um, I predicted that I could end up having a really good week this week. I told the people close to me that I really struggled last week. A lot of negativity, you know, looking up flights home, things like this. Really just quite confused almost why I was in this headspace. And um, and then I was sort of like, I bet I end up having an absolute blinder next week. And another thing I said to Haas, which is really interesting, was... I actually said, I, I think, I, like, you're better when you're struggling a little bit. 
surround yourself with people that will push you to be better. If I went home right now, I'm actually too vulnerable to go back, go home to a situation where there's a lot of distractions. Um, and, and I'm not coming down on home. Anyone that listens to my podcast knows I love Belfast. I love my friends. I love everything that I do there. But in terms of an Olympic Games, I'm best to protect myself a little bit and be up at altitude. And I know that the worst thing I'm going to do is like, you know, run a two minute rep a bit slower versus, you know, 10 pints of Guinness and a, and a couple. Of, I did see a lot of Guinness on Instagram, I have to say. Um, maybe that's what upset me, but I'm still sober. Um, I'm still sticking to my sobriety and, and the biggest challenge will come when I do go home and Katie keeps like, like giggling and saying that I'm not really sober until I go home and have to be out with all my friends and then she'll believe me that I'm going to stick to it. But I, but I actually am. Um, I, I'll talk more about that another day. I'm actually about to go get massage, but I'm, I'm serious about the whole sober thing. I think it's going to be a game changer for me and that's got nothing to do with running. That's about mental health. That's about happiness. That's about consistency and um, honestly just protecting myself from the absolute scallywag that I become when I put a few too many Guinness down my throat. Um, but look, I'm going to leave you to that. I, I'm, I'm now a minute late from massage, but um, look, I hope there was something useful in there and um, I will try to podcast a little bit more. So, you know, I appreciate you guys listening. So have a good day. Take care. Bye bye.